0: Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women. In today's episode, we are welcoming Julia Vitality. She is the founder of Positive Impact TV and a self-mastery magazine created to motivate, inspire, and help people transform their lives using personal development and stories of others who have done it. And today's topic is Defining Yourself in Spite of an Abusive, Toxic, or Dysfunctional Relationship. Welcome, Julia. Thank you very much for being here.
1: Thank you, Gemma. My pleasure.
0: So, Julia, can you please just walk us through the highlight of your life so that people have the feelings that they know you, the big lines, the big things that happen and that oh. made, who you, made you who you are? Of
1: course. I was born in the Soviet Union, a very um, structured communist environment. And um, at 19 years old, my parents told me, we're moving to Canada. And I had to basically pick up my life. I was in the third year of university. I had a fiance and uh, they literally just approved me and moved me to Canada. So I thought, okay, no big deal. I can maintain my long, long distance relationship and you know, I can finish my school somewhere else. Da, da, da. But living in Canada was nothing like living in the Soviet Union. So I ended up uh, going to a different school. The relationship didn't work out. Long distance obviously killed it. And um, 25 years later, I am now in Mexico. So um, somewhere in between, I had a couple of marriages. One was to um, a very ambitious and... Um, self-confident, seemingly, individual who um, ended up being uh, a full-blown narcissist in how he treated me in our marriage. Um, I tried to do everything I could do um, years after years after years. Then I eventually got the courage to leave, redefine myself, did a lot of healing, and I thought I figured out the type of person that I should now be looking for. And I found my second husband who was the mild kind type of guy. So an opposite of my first husband. And I thought, okay, great, this is going to work. And again, you know, years later with a lot of trauma in between that affected both of us, I realized that I went too far to the other side of the spectrum and the the quietness and um, some other ways were actually um, Leaving a void for me and my personality and and my way of being wasn't met on the same playing field so i felt very lonely in this relationship so i'm currently in the process of separation and hate healing and learning again as to what a healthy relationship should look like
0: that is very interesting because when you think about those relationships and how you can go in one direction, and then on the other side of the spectrum, and still not completely it. It's not because someone is so nice, so cool, so 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 something, or so quiet, or so introvert. It's not f- because of because the person has all the, the opposite traits of the one who hurt you. Then this person will just be perfectly a match for you. And this is what you experienced. And the big question is, how are you defining yourself? Not in relation to your relationships, but only with yourself.
1: And I think that is a key, no matter where you are, no matter who you're with, is really getting to know yourself. And unfortunately, often people need trauma to hit that rock bottom. To go, everything outside of me seems to be falling apart. It seems to be causing me some sort of distress. And they finally go inward. So that's usually the time when people start doing some self-reflection, determining what they are truly passionate about, what their values are, what is important to them in life, and also building boundaries as to what they can no longer tolerate and what they're willing to tolerate. So it's, a, it's usually a time of redefining yourself. And I believe that it doesn't have to happen at the time of a marriage or a relationship breakdown. It can totally happen within that. And some relationship could be saved. Uh, some relationships could be saved if the person redefines themselves, stand their ground, redefine the boundaries, reestablish new ways of how the relationship functions. And if the other person is perceptive and receptive of these new ways, and is willing to work with them, it may work out. Uh, but again, the key is in knowing who you are, what you want, who who you want to be with, who you want to be to be to begin with. Who are you? What is important to you? So I believe that that is step number one. Really, when a person faces any challenge, not just a relationship challenge, even something you know, any kind of conflict at work with a boss or another person, is to like, step back and go, okay, what is really important to me in general and in this specific moment at this time, in this kind of conflict, where do I stand, right? And also through that process of discovery, what you find is your self-limiting beliefs. Because as I mentioned, I came from a communist environment. My father was also um, a narcissist, which I didn't even know what the word meant until... I accidentally came across some information on narcissists. And then I realized that both my father and my first husband were, by definition, (laughs) like narcissists, you know, full blown, not not in disguise, not like, you know, overt, covert, like right there. So, um, where I'm going with this is to say that when we are born in an environment or in a family that establishes certain beliefs in us, we take it as a norm. And we sort of like put it on, you know, as a, as a you know rain cover and we walk around with it everywhere. And no matter what happens, we kind of take it through that veil. So when we finally start looking inward and realizing who we are and why we are the way we are, and why we react to things the way we react to things, a lot of these limiting beliefs surface. And it was pretty disappointing for me to realize that oh, many many years of my life a big portion of my life I was living under the control of these subconscious programs that were like ruling me in the back end and I had no idea that that's what was happening and to a degree I was you know um how do you say it? a part of the problem really because mm-hmm. my self-limiting beliefs made me to react a certain way Um, versus, let's say, a way that a healthy person, mentally healthy, stable, you know, person who's gone through personal development, like, you know, I consider myself now miles away from where I was. So what, if if you put me the way I'm now in a situation that I was in, in my first marriage, I would have reacted completely different. I wouldn't have allowed a lot of things to happen. I would have stood my ground. I would have established the boundaries. I probably would have established the boundaries before I allowed him to put the ring on my finger. But I didn't. Because I didn't even know what boundaries were.
0: (laughs) Totally understand. Totally understand.
1: Of course, you allow the person to walk all over you because you don't know what it is that you want to tolerate. You tolerate everything. And then you get angry at the person. But really, you can decide what is okay and what is not, how you want to be treated and, and how you don't want to be treated. So... I encourage every single person who is in some sort of relationship or conflict to step back to that place. When you're alone in a quiet place, close your eyes, maybe replay a couple of recent situations that really, really pulled your triggers and think about what belief is it triggering? Is it triggering the belief that I'm a piece of crap? So I deserve to be treated like a piece of crap, right? Well, throw it out because nobody is a piece of crap and nobody deserves to be treated like that. It doesn't matter who you are. Everybody deserves to be valued, acknowledged, validated and supported. A disagreement does not have to translate of into the other person putting you down and making them less than, making you less than them. It doesn't have to because everybody is valuable. There are things like you're not a good match, okay, that's fine. But the other person doesn't have the right to be mean to you, demeaning to you, put you down, that is not acceptable. And I grew up in a family where it was acceptable. So I accepted it from my first husband. So when I was doing my healing after my first marriage, I realized a lot of it could have been prevented had I stood my ground and had I done it nicely not fighting back not screaming back not being dramatic just quietly politely establishing those boundaries that little bubble around yourself you you first have to create it yourself you're not gonna don't expect other people to define for you what is okay totally right right all right you create this little bubble around yourself with these boundaries and by boundaries i don't mean like they're, they're they're so stiff that you know, it doesn't matter, nobody's gonna do this or that to you. It depends, they're, they're, they're fluctuating boundaries because for example, if it's your child or let's say a grown up child, an adult child, you may have a different relationship with that person than you do with your mate. You may bend those boundaries a little bit. You may have to sometimes take them down to allow certain people in like when you have a new relationship and you wanna be vulnerable with someone and you wanna open up and, and show them your wounds and your scars by all means, you need to do that, right? So boundaries doesn't mean that you become this closed person. It just means that you know what is appropriate, what is not appropriate in a certain kind of relationship. And with your mates, you need to know and let them know what is okay and what is not okay. You can even start doing it right away. If, if you know somebody's treating you wrong and when that happens next time, you don't have to fight back. You don't have to tell them that, you know, they're this or that and call them names. Just send your down and say, honey, I don't think it's okay to treat me this way. I, I don't accept this way of being treated. That's not nice. They're gonna stop in their tracks. You're gonna see their reaction like, what? It's always been okay? What do you mean it's not okay? Maybe to even, you know, some people are getting abused verbally or maybe even physically. I mean it's not okay to you know give you some of that it is because you've taken in so far so you may have to say it several times but you have to really really feed yourself some positive confidence boosting stuff every day to stay strong because that's where it starts a person who's been abused in any way shape or form taken advantage of is basically depleted right it's like an empty cup and It's a very scary place because you rely on the people that are close to you to fill it up. But what do they fill it up with?
0: Their own situation, their own belief, their own perception, their own background. And often, very often, someone who has a narcissistic behavior or an other type of uh, behavior disorder has also a ton of awful things and traumas that they are carrying with them that allow that kind of uh, mental health um, or behavioral disorder to appear
1: yeah so come come at it with a sense of compassion because knowing that the person you're in a relationship with is doing the best they can with the knowledge they have and the upbringing they had you are not able to change them you can only change yourself and just because you have a thought and a feeling it doesn't mean it's real and it doesn't mean that you have to believe it so when you catch yourself thinking in the old patterns with you limiting beliefs like in my case beliefs that were put into my head when i was little or when i was watching my family uh, dynamic my, my mom and dad dynamic and I thought that was normal. I thought it was normal for a father to scream at my mother and, you know, try to belittle her to the point where she was running away around a you know, two-bedroom apartment, finally, like, throwing herself down on the couch, crying and sobbing and begging him to leave her alone. It was very distressing as a child, but a couple of times in my marriage, I caught myself doing the same thing. <laughs> when my narcissistic ex was... Know, chasing me down, trying to you know, get something into my head and be right about something that he decided to be right about. And I was like, okay, we've talked about it enough. No more, no more. And I would literally beg him to stop. And I would literally like collapse in the bed, crying, saying, leave me alone. And it just,
0: you know, the
1: flash of the same thing with my mom and dad. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want it to be like that. So it was the beginning of me seeing the patterns. Mm-hmm. It also was the beginning of me seeing that, no, I don't want to be treated like this. Something has to change. It, this is wrong because I knew that it felt wrong when it was my mom and dad. So you know when it's wrong. You know when somebody know talks, you feels rotten. You know. Even it yes. doesn't, he, the, 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 the interesting thing is like, for example, you know, my second relationship, a lot of things weren't said. Or a person can say it to you quietly, they can say it to you with a smile. It doesn't have to be done in an, in an aggressive tone of voice. It doesn't need to. But it's how it makes you feel. It's, is it a building or is it belittling? Is it supportive or is it corrosive? So you got to question what the other person is doing to you. And then you also need to look inside. Why is it making you feel unsupported? Why is it making you feel like it's, like you're lacking love from that person is it because of what they say because of how they said it or because it pressed a button within you and maybe because you don't believe you're worthy of love so every time they ask you a question to clarify what you just suggested to you it's like well they should just agree with me why are they asking me a question that means that they don't love me it means i'm unlovable it means i'm worthy and it just blows up
0: it does. <laughs> it does. I, I, I laugh because it's exactly how it goes alone. I mean, in your own head, you can build up a case against yourself that is so, so clear that you don't need any more evidence. You know you're a piece of crap. And that is plainly wrong. It, it is indeed built on a original, like childhood original belief, original meaning that you gave to an event or to a word. When you were a child, like three years old, four years old, it can it, it can go far. And then when you heard that, you said, all right. And now it's going to be that way forever. And you don't realize forever what it means when you are three or four or five years old, but do not realize the consequence on your life of the forever, I remember when I was saying that, like, for all my life. All right, how many decades? Are you sure you want to live that all your life? When you're a tiny kid, but it plays out in your life until the time when you address it. And the other thing I realize as well, because what you are talking about, Resonated a lot of all the healing process and all the transformation work I did after domestic violence, you know and it's like interesting For a very long time with my third last and dream husband Sasha for a very long time. It's about five years Maybe six every time my button was touched. I was storming out of the house to uh, calm down and to have a walk outside and he was just patiently waiting for me to come back so that we can talk it out with love and respect and it was not the behavior of my two ex-husbands at all like no 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 (laughs) but he was just like waiting it out that's fine she will come back and after more of this healing I was able and this is where I'm coming to I was able to say, okay, and even if today it happens exactly the same, I'm able to say calmly, oh, that word or that tone of voice is triggering me. I just want to blow up at your face and tell you that kind of things. But, you know, I love you and I don't want to do that to you. But uh, this is how it makes me feel. So there is maybe something to work out here. And then what we do is simply we work out the real root cause of me being triggered right away. And we just work it out. Oh, because of that lack of self-love or that self-hate or that self-belittling thought that was implemented in my head when I was a kid. And it's like, oh, is that serving you? And when the answer is no, or is that universally true? Is that universally true that you are a whatever? Is that universally true? Well, though it's a choice. It's a choice. Okay, so do you want to continue feeling that way? No. Okay, so what would be a better belief to build on? Well, by that I'm amazing, strong, powerful, etc. Okay. So try that on. How does that feel? Well, it feels so much better. Okay. So let's move on with that. So if from that perspective, I tell you the same thing that triggered you before, how do you feel? Well, totally fine. So we solved it. This is how we do it. And that works.
1: That's amazing. He must have some training in that. Oh, he does. You're lucky that way because most people, see, like when when we get into a relationship, we usually find somebody on the same level as where we are, like developmentally, like talking about personal growth and, and, you know, maybe spiritual growth. So we find somebody who's more or less a match. So usually if you're highly insecure, then you would find somebody who's very insecure. But the insecurities can show in different ways. They can show either as, you know, the timid, oh, I'm so sorry, and always apologetic, or it could show as overly assertive, and overly pushy and bossy, so it can show both ways. So you may feel like you know you were the timid one and you found the assertive one, but then throughout the relationship, you realize you're a mirror image. You have a lot of the same buttons, a lot of the same traumas, a lot of dysfunction that you went through. So then let's say you know you switched to another relationship, you've done some work, you know, you've figured some things out, then you find a person who seemingly is sort of on the same level, right? But then let's say in that relationship, one person decides to pursue personal growth and the other one doesn't.
0: Mm. That's so really hard to wait. <laughs>
1: exactly and that's where people find themselves a, a lot of, a lot of the time because you are meant to be with someone who is you know somewhere in the ballpark of where you are. And you know thankfully you found somebody who can help you heal your wounds by being the therapist for you. But often people don't have that support from their mate. So they may go and get it from their friends. They may get it from a therapist, counselor or coach or read books like my in my first uh, after my first marriage, I read a book and it it did a lot of deep, deep work that I'm glad it was a book because I wouldn't have opened up to anybody about those things. I had to do exercises where I would write down my relationship history, identify common traits, figure out, you know, was I falling for the same patterns? I was having a glass of wine and crying into the pillow. And you know, night after night, it was it was heavy, but it was like an outpouring of everything I shoved down and didn't address for years, probably ever. That was like the first time when I allowed myself to face those realizations. And when I saw my answers on the piece of paper and I looked at it and I'm like, holy crap. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. So often writing down even your littlest thoughts, even when you're angry at someone, instead of lashing out, go write it and then read it. You will learn so much about yourself. Oh, so much.
0: Right? This is an amazing advice. This is an amazing piece of advice. When you feel that way, instead of lashing out indeed and just like screaming it out, you're just like, no, no, let me write it down when you read back what you just wrote you are able to see what how did what what did i what was i thinking
1: and then you can analyze it and then you can you know maybe not in that moment but maybe come back to it later and go okay well what self-limiting subconscious beliefs is it exposing about me and then you can go the next step are they serving me? As you know, the question that you asked: Are they still serving me? Are they universally true? Great questions to ask. You know, you can do that work yourself with yourself. You can be your own therapist, right? And then uh, replace those beliefs. And and that is often a hard part. And what I found extremely helpful was this: there was this one therapy session I had to I had to go through, I had to go through after a trauma that. Threw me into depression and had nothing to do uh, with marriage, but um, I was just sick of being depressed. So I was like, give me some help. So one of the things she got me to do was to do some mirror work and go and stand in front of the mirror and look yourself in the eye and say, I love you. I well,
0: like, that's what? the hardest to do. <laughs> I'm like, it has nothing to do with what
1: happened. Why are you making me do this? Right. And then it came with a bunch of other exercises. And uh, I guess the long story short is, when you start doing something that's uncomfortable, it is actually a great—not a—not a warning sign, but the opposite. It's—it's um, it's a good sign because that means you're onto something. You're onto a better way of life. If you are hitting a point of discomfort about yourself, it make, makes you feel like, no, I don't want to say that I love myself. I don't love myself. I don't want to look at myself and lie to myself that I don't love myself. Because often, as a result of dysfunctional relationships, you have very, very low self-worth and very low self-esteem. The other person tells you about it every day, that you are not worth this, or you look like crap, or you know, all of that, right? So you, you really don't have anything to go on. So at that point, again, we were talking about the cup, right? It's important that you fill that cup with what you know somewhere still deep inside that is the right thing. And the right thing is to fill it with positive things. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't believe them. I watched a movie years ago. Um, I don't think it's even on Netflix anymore, it's that old. <laughs> but what the bleep do we know?
0: And oh yes, what the bleep do we know? I even have it in, in, in a DVD, like 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 the real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah what really no on Netflix, I think they
1: removed it. Um, but the one element of the movie that I want to bring out is that when the woman was telling herself that she loves herself, yes, they showed the, the cell or the molecule, of the, cell, yes. the molecule of the cell, how they actually changed their structure. Like how we think of ourselves changes our biology and chemistry inside That's of us on a cellular level, on the, the organ, organ level. Absolutely. So when we have a, a depleted cop, Our cellular biology is so messed up that we start getting sick, and it starts showing up not just as mental illness, as physical illness. And often, when people are in those relationships, they gain weight, right? Or they lose a lot of weight. They start developing all kinds of diseases that doctors maybe can't even diagnose. And they're like, "Where did it come from? You don't have any family history of this, right?" So it, it shows you that, yeah, you can function. You can still survive hating yourself. But if you start loving yourself, your body will fix itself. You will get out of depression. You will heal yourself, not overnight. It is the hardest hurdle to overcome. I find it was for me one of the hardest days when my therapist got me to realize that I hate myself and I have to love myself. And that seemed like, you know, the other side of the mountain where I couldn't possibly see myself going. I had to go up before I had to go down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Really steep mountain, right? So I started listening to affirmations. She got me to write them, but I'm, a, I'm an audible kind of learner. So um, another fact is that we're most suggestible to messaging, um, affirmations or meditations and like that, hypnosis when we are first up in the morning or last thing before we go to sleep. So this is a perfect time for you to find a track that you want to play before you go to bed, put your earphones in, your partner doesn't need to know what you're listening to. And let it tell you all night, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself. It's gonna sound like nonsense. (laughs) It's gonna sound like you want to puke, okay? Do it for a few days and see how you feel throughout that time, okay?
0: transformation, the inner transformation that slowly takes place when you come from, I cannot love myself because I, because, and then there's a plethora of things that comes after after that. It is actually healing at the deepest level to accept that you are not responsible for everything that goes wrong. You are not to blame because what not. You are not a piece of crap because that happened to you. All of that is nonsense that you built a thought on top of another. And the fact of accepting and to come back to the root and to say, but... I am a good person inherently. I know that I just want to do good, I just want to help, which is often the basic of all. just want to help, I just want to do good, just want to be happy. Actually, just wanting to be happy comes through self-love. And the only way to be happy is to profoundly deeply and genuinely love yourself.
1: Yeah, and obviously when you're coming from the place of a completely empty cup, going to the full cup is a huge jump. But you're right, you can say things that are a lot milder than, oh, all of a sudden I love myself. You can say that, it's okay to be me. Start with that, it's okay to be me. And try to use the word and instead of the word but. For example, My mate told me that I'm fat and it's okay to be me. It's okay to look the way I look and it's okay to love myself. Instead of a but, you know, the other person's opinion of you is not a reflection of who you are. And remember that because that's what we allow to happen. That's what we allow our mates and people closest in our lives, our parents, whoever it is, to do to us. We take their opinion as truth, as fact. But if you think about it, just think about it, you know, a movie theater full of people watching the movie, okay? A hundred people, that's it. Then they go out and they tell their families who weren't with them, or their friends, what the movie was about. Now you take those kinds of stories and you compare them. Do you think you're gonna get any, do you think any one of them will be a true representation of the movie first of all?
0: Never. It cannot. It
1: cannot. It's gonna go through the filter of their stories. Their ideas, their memory, their attention span, all of those things. So if this one person doesn't like you or has a problem with something about you, let them. Know. It's okay. Because there are how many people on the planet? Right. No, 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 no. How many of them are gonna be okay with who you are and what you are? And how many of them are gonna love that? How many of them are gonna cherish you for for the aspect of you that the other person thinks is unattractive? Now think of that. Like, there's such a spectrum of preferences and opinions and and sizes and shapes and personalities, you know, and all kinds of things that if one person doesn't find something attractive
0: about you, so
1: what? So what?
0: But you know why they don't
1: find it attractive about you? Most likely?
0: They do not relate. They do not. They they come from their own perspective, and it does not match what they are looking for. So they project on you all that's it's not everything it that is not right be because you don't like that about you mm-hmm.
1: because okay, yes, that what, can not, be. what happens is we find a mate who likes us for what we like us for and doesn't like us for what we don't like about ourselves we get them to validate our own beliefs
0: mm-hmm. So you see how the the more, the emptier
1: your cup, the more likely it is that you will meet a person who's going to reinforce that with you. Yes, your cup is empty. Yes, you are. Because that's how you feel about yourself. And in fact, let's say you're dating, right? And you go on 10 dates and nine guys tell you, I love your eyes. The other one says, I love your hair, da, 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 da. And the 10th guy goes, you're not really that attractive. But I'll, you know, maybe I'll take you on a second date. And you go, yes, this is the guy for me. Because yes. this is how you feel about yourself. <laughs> you understand? That you match your truth. So that's why we end up in those relationships. And then we wonder, well, why are they making us feel like crap? Well, because we feel like crap. We were expecting somebody to fill our cup, but our cup is empty and we we are looking in the mirror. So the other person isn't it's impossible for them to do that. So if you want to find somebody who's gonna reflect who's going to give you the praise that you deserve. You have to give it to yourself first. You have to learn how to like, you don't have to love, use the word like, whatever you're comfortable, accept who you are, what you look like, your personality. Yes, of course, there's always room for improvement. You know, one rule they use is say, would you date yourself? Right. So if you need to work on yourself a little bit, you know, to maybe get yourself a bit in shape, or you know, work on your mental health or whatever, yeah, that would be a very healthy thing to do, because you don't want to be a wreck. Then you meet a wreck, right? Exactly. You will meet a person who's a reflection of you. Mm-hmm. So concentrate on your inner world on how you feel about yourself. And I, I, I promise you, the better you feel about yourself, the better you're going to look because you're going to start taking care of yourself because it's going to be important to you to value you.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is how I discovered that this question of what is your weight, what is your height, how you look like and everything. It's not like, oh, you're too fat or something like that, or too thin, whatever. It's like, you know what? I met... Gorgeous women who were four times my size But they were they were radiating love joy happiness gorgeous, I mean I was just like blown away by their beauty though Their beauty was not my the original definition of beauty So I was there huh So basically we can look Whatever we want, it's how we feel like that radiates through us, through our eyes. Because what are you going to tell someone? It's not by looking at, okay, so what is the shape matching another person you like the shape? Yeah, you do not match my ideal portrait or my ideal shape. This is not how it goes, you look at the person's eyes and you feel what you are going to be radiated by in terms of energy and you are looking to look at the smile and to look at the self-confidence that is going to come out of that person and this is when you say you look gorgeous and the person is just like validated in all that she already feels about herself and it's like it works
1: yeah so I guess that is really a key is getting your self-worth self-confidence and self-love up to par whether you're in a relationship or you're looking for a next relationship or you promised yourself you're never going to get into another relationship that's into still- a relationship with yourself
0: oh that's I amazing.
1: had a friend she's a breakup coach yes and she throws self-love challenges for 30 days she will put one aspect of there on the challenge how to basically regain self-intimacy. She'll say, love yourself. Uh, write yourself a love letter one. You, you know, Take yourself to a restaurant that you want somebody to take you to. You know, Do things to yourself that you wish somebody did to you. Then you will learn how to value yourself. Well, first of all, it'll be eye-opening to, to see how you really value yourself or not, because maybe you'll take yourself to McDonald's.
0: Right? I, I realize the same thing. You leave alone, you go in the kitchen, are you going to prepare for yourself a meal, prepare everything, make it beautiful, put here the napkin and everything, even a glass of wine if you like that, and sit down and say, ah, thank you, even if you're alone, or are you are just going to say, okay, so give me some peanut butter, some bread, okay, thank you, and staying up, not even seated. How are you going to treat yourself in the kitchen? And now imagine well, you bring your mate know, in the kitchen. What are you going to do? How are you going to prepare everything so that he feels amazing, right?
1: I think there, there's there's balance to be achieved there because it depends. Like for example, if it's like a dinner or a special date, then you know, like maybe maybe you want to remember your anniversary of your divorce, for example, right? And you want to celebrate it, right? Because that taught you something about you. It helped you get to the point of better understanding of who you are. Okay. When you do that you, you go all out you know napkins and, and wine and whatever but what I found is I was you know having a lot more hassle in the kitchen for my mates so as soon as I didn't have to do that I actually feel liberated by not doing an elaborate meal I feel like having a simple you know boiled egg with a bit of uh you know sauce on it or whatever I feel satisfied you know I had two boiled eggs that was my meal i Sometimes I don't even sit down, but it gets me through the day. It actually makes me feel good. And, you know, I, I think I lost million weight after that, you know, so but it sometimes I'll, I will have a glass of wine and, you know, treat myself right. So I think it's just about what feels right. And again, where you're coming from, because you want to be true to yourself. You don't want to fake it. Like, you know, all of these little exercises, let's say even writing a love letter to yourself. If you're at the point where you don't love yourself, you're going to have nothing to write right? True. So that's why I, again, bring up the point of affirmations, because that is a subconscious reprogramming of our obsolete programs. It's like a software update. On your phone, you have to do it every now and then. Yeah. Well, find something that resonates with you. And what I found is over time, you go for higher and higher and higher. So at first, you may listen to something like, I accept myself for who I am. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. Then, you know, next week, you may be able to do something like, I am a good person. I have a lot of good qualities. Da-da, right? Then you go, okay. So then it becomes a new norm, right? Then you go and listen to something. Maybe when you're at the end of, you know, close to the top of your cup, you could listen to something like, I'm amazing. I love myself. I'm super talented. I have a lot to offer to the world. So you see how the verbiage changes depending where how we are, and you, 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 the top. You're not gonna start with the top because it's just gonna sound like razors, right? But you will see how all of a sudden, when you're let's say past the first half, you're gonna listen to the first ones that you listen to, them and you go, "Of course, of course, I I am worthy." Of course, you know, it's just gonna become like second nature. So. Allow that voice of a stranger that you don't know that person, repeat it in your mind, reprogram that mind, fall asleep to it. There are some you can play through your sleep so that they, they affect you while you're sleeping. You wake up feeling better. All of a sudden, you can look at the mirror look at yourself and go, she's pretty. She's pretty. She actually has really nice features. A little by little is going to go. Even if you're still in that relationship or you're out of that relationship or wherever you are, I think that is a healthy exercise everybody should implement
0: into their lives. Totally. Thank you for bringing all of these amazing, useful, immediately implementable pieces of advice, tips, tricks of how to love yourself, how to define yourself in spite of abusive, toxic, dysfunctional relationships. Because at the end of the day, it's not, your relationship is a projection of you. So come back to your center, come back to who you are, and come back to fill up your cup, as you say, to really like give yourself what you need, which is the priority and the most important. Because at the end of the day, you are the most important person of your life. Believe it or not, but I really suggest you believe it
1: it's the longest relationship
0: you'll ever be in right <laughs> yeah it's gorgeous julia it has been a true pleasure to have you in this conversation to have a real talk with a real woman who understands how things are i love that thank
1: you, thank you Gemma. it was a real pleasure
0: absolutely look forward to talking with you again thank you so so much